Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome into Believe in the Dallas Cowboys with your two best friends. Who will be the hater today? Me or Jesse? Hi, I'm Jeff Cavanaugh. No, no, wait. I think you're pointing the wrong way, you know. He's Jesse Holly, former Cowboys wide receiver, sweet, sweet man, and I love him. Oh, Jesse Holly went 77 yards. It must be a reality show. We got a bucket yeah. full of Cowboys crap to do today. We got Jerry Jones stuff, Micah Parsons stuff, Tank Lawrence stuff, Jimmy Johnson stuff. We got all sorts of stuff. But let me tell you that we are brought to you by our friends at Bet Online, your number one source for all of your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. The Mavericks are good. Shout out to the trade deadline. Up to the minute odds, stats, and trends. You can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting contests and all of your favorite player props. Get over to Bet Online today to become part of the team. And remember to use promo code Believe B L E A V for fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online. The game starts here. Woo! Uh, you want to start with the. Most explosive stuff. What do you yeah, want to I, start with, Micah? We, before we get into it, it, just it just hit me, and I want to make sure I do this. Um, um, we lost a good friend. I lost a good friend. I would say we. Uh, I'm sure you had some interaction with um, Mark Lane. Um, we lost him uh, recently, and you know, Mark. You, Mark was a unique cat, but he was a good dude. You know, um, and I remember. No, nobody can transcribe. Uh, nobody can transcribe a Jerry audio quicker than Mark Lane. I remember doing the pre and post game show uh, for my old you know, station. And Mark was always like, here's stats, here's stats, here's stats, here's stats. Uh, and, you know, he would be driving sometime from seeing his sister in Ohio to Arkansas to Houston. And he would just be hitting me up and we would just have some really unique conversations. And uh, the dude was a worker. I mean, the dude was flat out a worker. I, I'm sure up until his final day, I remember his when his um, his lung had collapsed. He's like, "Hey, uh, I got a podcast on Sunday, but I can't make it because I'm in the hospital. You think you can fill in for me?" I'm like, "Mark, the podcast can wait, bro. Like, you know, I'm like, get out of the hospital and get healthy. Like, then with that podcast. But that's just who he was. That's just who he was. And um, you know, we we lost we lost a good one. We lost a good one. Uh, so. Uh, my thoughts and prayers are with the Lane family, his sister Monica, um, and, and just man, that like to hear that news, it really, it really crushed me, man, because um, he just was a good dude, man, and, and, and the good die young, and it's unfortunate, but uh, he's in a much better place, and he doesn't have to worry about the health issues anymore. Yeah, he was a stud. People are wired differently in the way that they do the things that they do, like in terms of Cowboys Nation. <laughs> Mark Lane was my polar opposite. I would like to turn on the mic and just do stuff. And Mark would do every behind the scenes thing that I would view as super tedious. Like he was just like locked in, bang, bang, bang. He was Cowboys rain, man. He was yeah. a stud. Yeah. Love you. Yeah. Love you, Mark and family. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now we transition into Cowboy things of the day and Cowboy things of the day include However you want to attack this, Jesse, we have Micah Parsons talking about multiple things. Because remember, it wasn't long ago we were doing the Tank Lawrence stuff where Tank Lawrence said we were, what do you say? He didn't say tired. He said burnt out. We were burnt okay. out. And I was just confused. I'm like, I don't understand why you used those words. You obviously weren't ready to answer a question. It's Tank Lawrence is a really good player that plays really, really hard. Like if you, if you were viewing leadership as turn on the tape and watch how people play, Tank is the leader of the Cowboys defense because that's how he plays. Uh, 
And so when he said that, I was like, oh, wow, now we're going to have to talk bad about a dude who doesn't look like that on tape. But why did you say that out loud? I don't understand. And then you're going to get all of your teammates asked about it. And Stefan Gilmore was like, well, I don't even know what that means. No. <laughs> and Micah Parsons is like, I, you can't say that to people before with a microphone. You can't do that. Uh, and so now we exist in the world of Cowboys offseason where players have to talk about things other players said. And that is a joy. Yeah, um, it's a, you know, it's the gift and a curse. It's the gift that keeps on giving. If you are in the Cowboy content arena, you're never never short content because someone or something from that building is going to give you multiple things to talk about it. And so here we are to talk about things that, that come out of the mouths of Cowboys players and front office people and owners and past coaches and you know with the Micah thing yeah I, I thought Tank saying that was 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 idiotic a little bit was crazy um but in the same respect I'm looking at and I know that people are going to say Jesse you're piling on the Micah situation and I'm not but he just won't stop talking and so the more he talks the more that we have to talk about what he just said and yeah, thank you. And and from and for Micah, it's you know, it's it's talk about directly talk about that comment. I, I think he lacks what what a true leader is supposed to encompass, right? Because there's a way to be to be real with the fan base and whoever's interviewing you without directly calling out one of your teammates. And, and I think Dak Prescott does that the absolute best on this football team. And I think he just may have to go sit down with whoever Dak sits down with or take that class that Dak sits down and takes the class from to get a better understanding of what he should do in these moments when he's, when he's in front of a camera and a mic is in his face because he, he's not doing a good job at it right now. Well, I think it's easier for Dak, too, because Dak literally – like you could take it all the way back to being probably 17 or 18 years old where like Mike has been this dude his whole life. Did you watch the celebrity NBA stuff? Like Micah is DNA lottery, a plus, 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 plus. Like he's just always been the best at everything he's ever done. I'd imagine like I'm watching him play basketball and I'm like, that dude's a freaking stud. Um, that's unbelievable. Uh, and Dak is, you know, late fourth round pick guy who appeared to in college, not know if he was going to be an NFL player and get multiple degrees in work place leadership and psychology so like yeah he knows how to do that stuff and i think young people who have always been like like micah probably knew he's gonna be an nfl player when he was 15 uh and so i don't i think the like media preparation stuff depends a lot on what have you done in the years leading up and for dak it's easy you sit down and you're like yeah i've learned about this stuff for years and years and years and what threw me off about this one what's really strange about this one is Nothing Micah said about what Tank said is wrong. Where it's like, I mean, you could, even if you think that, you could tell somebody that one-on-one, like, man, I feel like this is what happened or whatever, but not into a live microphone to everyone. That's something you just don't say. Yeah. Uh, and Mike is right about that. I agree. In response to Tank Lawrence doing a bad job with media, all the while, I think Tank Lawrence is a good leader and Micah does not have leadership qualities. And so now you have the younger guy, non-leader having to comment on the older guy leader who screwed up and it's all just weird. It's all just weird. 
and eventually it'll be a week or two and we'll move on with our days or they'll punch each other. You know, who knows? Could go and that's it. the thing is like right now you don't have to face these people. You know, Micah's in his corner doing his thing. Tank's in his corner doing his thing. I don't know if there are back channel conversations, but at some point in time, right, you're going to have to face these people. You're going to have to sit in the same room with them, sit in the same meeting room, sit in the same huddle and, and interact with these people. And these are the type of things that, if not properly addressed, can be a can be a, 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 a almost cancerous because guys start looking around now like, oh, you want to say this about me in the offseason, but but look at you, you know. And and there's going to come a point in time, and this is just factual. This is this is not something that I made up or anyone. This is factual. Is when you start talking in the offseason about what some other people should not do or say or what over here. Someone's going to call you out eventually. And someone's going to say, if you're not living what you're actually preaching. Because some people may believe that Micah is a kind of guy who gets in front of the camera and kind of says all the right things at times, but behind closed doors may not be actually living those things out. So what's going to eventually happen is, is they're going to have a moment where, you know, guys are going to say, hey, you didn't do X, Y, and Z. You got someone to say about me over here but you're not doing this over here. And that's going to be that contentious um, uh, thing that they're going to have to deal with in the locker room, whether it be Tank or whether it be another teammate, because as Micah goes along in this interview with Stephen A. Smith, he then talks about his interaction with Jerry Jones at Super Bowl, right? <laughs> right? He talks about, hey, Jerry and I were staying in the same hotel. We happen to bump into each other. I see him. We talk. He gives me a couple more tickets for my boys. And we spend hours in the suite talking football. And he's like, hey, I, you know, we talked about the guy that I want, who I want to play with, and who, who I want to be around. And he starts, like, being very specific. Like, not just, hey, like, you know, best available guy. Let's just, you know, I'll let, I'll let Will McClay handle that. He gets specific. He gets like, hey, I want, I want a guy in the interior. I want a big 330-pound dude in the interior. And I'll, if I'm a teammate, I'm sitting there, and I'm if I'm Mozzie Smith, I'm going, hey, dude, hi. I, I know that I lost a couple pounds, but I was supposed to be that. If I'm Big Hankins, I'm sitting there going, hey, my my boy, I, I stepped on a scale this morning. I'm I'm actually three twenty. I'm actually three thirty. Like it's 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 saying what I want while also saying the guy that we currently have. Y'all ain't really cutting it. Y'all ain't really cutting what I need to be cutting right now. So it's it's certain things like that that you're gonna have to come to a point where you're just like, shh, because I get what you're saying, but you're actually throwing your teammates under the bus in the same instance. And I think that is just um, like I just just watched a little while ago, Micah with Stephen A. Smith and responding to Tank's comments and then talking about this stuff. What's interesting about it is you can tell that Mike, it's almost like the uh, athletes want to be singers or rappers and musicians want to be athletes and everybody wants to be everything. Like Micah wants to do this world. Micah wants to be part of this world. Like he wants to play the games, but he also wants to be Stephen A. Smith. And like you can tell by the way he's talking, like he wants to be like, yeah, I, and I think that I should be a voice in the NFL community that's an analyst and is breaking the things down. And when you're also on a team at the same time, that gets dangerous. Uh, 
And it goes back to what you asked me in our last show, I believe, about Mike Zimmer. Like, how much input do you want Mike Zimmer to have on the players that they add? Zero. I want him to have none other than having watched the film of the Cowboys defense and saying, here's what obviously we need, which is very easy to do, right? We need five linebackers and a defensive tackle or two. That's like, that's what we got to get. And then we can talk about the rest of the stuff. Boom. Throw that thought to Will McClay and his staff and they'll handle it. Micah Parsons, you can't do this because if we're going to treat you as like the, I can tell you what our team needs and who, if we're going to go to specifically who, you're 0 for 1 because Mozzie Smith is who you would have picked. Like no one was happier than Micah at that point. And so then to come back and be yeah, and I'm talking to Jerry about who we will, you're 0 for 1. Uh, and I, I actually think it's a weakness of Jerry's how many people he listens to. There once upon a time was a thought that Jerry doesn't listen to people and Jerry does what he wants and thinks he's this great football guy. No, Jerry listens to everyone. Yeah. Too much. And I mean, Jimmy Johnson might run this draft. If you, I mean, he's hasn't been actually in football for quite some time, but that goes on to, and I'll transition to our next topic, Jesse, which is Jimmy Johnson. Right, before we transition, let me transition. And this is and this is my thing because as a former player, I do think there is I, I do think there is some input that your veteran leaders maybe should have. But I am also of the mindset that the guy in his third year can't be that guy. But not for individual players. Like that right, can tell right, you right, what right. he wants and like somebody take him to, or whatever. Like if you don't, and this is the part where I kind of was like, when Micah made the comment a while ago, and he was like, you know, I've been in the league three years, 24 years old. I've seen just about it all. I, I just scratched my head and I said, this, it's, it's impossible. It's impossible that you think that. Like, it, But that's right. a young person's thought process. And I've seen it all at 24 years old, three years into the league. I'm like, you haven't even, you don't even have 100 games under your belt. Like you don't have 100 games under your belt. I don't start taking suggestions from guys until year five. Like once you complete year five and you get a hundred games under your belt, then I, you can maybe say, Hey, man, I would really like a guy who could, who could, who could, you know, uh, do this. I really like a guy who can, you know, go over the middle for me. If, if I'm a quarterback, like you year ending year three, you, I do just don't have enough mental understanding of everything going around you. This is not Madden. This is not Madden. And I think sometimes the younger players think it's just, oh, go get a name or go get this. And this is all going to come together. Like that's not real life. This is not Madden. So I'm like, if you don't have a hundred games under your belt, if you don't have five years under your belt, I'm just like, just tread lightly when you start talking about having a thought process on who and what and when and where, on your side of the football. I, I just don't think Micah has come to a point where he's he, he has enough he has enough information to be he's not qualified enough. His infor, his information intake doesn't qualify him enough to say we need boom 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 and to be that specific. That's just my just my thought about it. Oh and I can't think of another player or position that I'm interested in hearing but they like, don't get me wrong. If you're a really important player, you can say whatever you want and I'll listen to you and I'll be engaged. I'll give you a thumbs up because you're important to me. But like if Dak, I would ask, I would want to know from the quarterback, 
I would want to know from Dak when it's time to look at, okay, hey, we're considering post June one and Michael Gallup because we need money. Like, do I want my quarterback's thoughts on the dudes he throws to? Uh huh, for sure, but not much outside of that. Like, yeah. Micah's job is to rush the passer and play the run, but rush the passer. What are I guess you can know what your defense needs, and that's cool, but I don't need your thoughts on individual players that I've got people who are going to have a better idea about those things. The only guy I can think of on a football team that I would take his thoughts on individual players is I do want to know what the quarterback thinks about the guys he throws to like, is this one doesn't seem to work for us. We're thinking I'm, about moving on. What do you think? I, I mean, want that. I don't need it. I would go to a guy like tank and I would just be like, Hey, you've been through three defensive coordinators. You're the, you're the, you're the senior most tenure guy on this defense. Hey, what do you think that we need for as far as a culture perspective, Tank? Like, you know, like I, I would I would go to Tank and say, you've been around for a decade. Like you've seen the highs and lows, the ebbs and flows of what this defense is. Like, what do you what what pieces do you think would help this defense out? Like, I would be more, I I would, I would, I would have a bigger ear to what Tank has to say about maybe a coach, maybe players, maybe culture. Like I would. Uh -oh. I would listen to him a little bit more than I would to say, hey, Michael, what do you think? That, that's just my personal opinion in that matter. It's nothing, it's nothing against Micah. I'm just looking at just this common sense. Like, right, like if you if you had a choice in, in, in experience, if, if I'm having life or death surgery, I kind of want the guy who's done it a couple times before, right? Like I, I don't want, I don't, I don't want the new surgeon out of out of out of, out of residency to, for my open heart surgery. I want the guy who maybe has a hundred of these things under his belt. You know what I'm saying? Than the guy who just got a med school yesterday. Which is what makes it even more goofy and more perfectly Cowboys. Because as you were saying that, I'm thinking, I agree. If I were going to ask anybody on the defense about, now he's not under contract anymore, but like maybe you could throw Stephon Gilmore's name in too. But like I would want Tank Lawrence or Stephon Gilmore to talk to me about coaches or schemes or things that we struggle with. And yet, as you were saying that, the only thing I can think where it's like, yeah, I would take Tank's opinion on a lot of things. And he's the guy that, everyone currently is having to answer for what I wanted. You're the guy that I would trust the most for your opinion. And then you sucked at media and everybody else is now kind of taking shots at you. So yay, go Cowboys. That's where we are. Yeah. Um, I recently learned that Jimmy Johnson is on Jerry Jones advisory board now, and that there's something called an advisory board. Uh, Jimmy Johnson was on radio in Miami and he said, since the ring of honor, I'm on Jerry's advisory board now. We were talking on the phone. I talked to him about an hour after the Green Bay loss, and he was talking about what all he needed to do because he had big decisions on Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn and Dak Prescott. Everything's hunky-dory now. I'm back in the fold with the Cowboys. Um, so if you believe in a curse, I guess that could break it. Jimmy's now talking to Jerry again. Could you, could you imagine if a dude who hadn't coached since – Jimmy Johnson last coached in 1999. Could you imagine if a guy who's been out of it for 25 years, Jerry's like, what should I do? And he's like, ah, well, 
Uh, I'd get rid of the quarterback. I would uh, get rid of the coach. I would do all these. You haven't been in 25 years. I think it's great that you're in the ring of honor. I love you. You're wonderful. I think you're great on TV. Jerry, stop talking to so many people about stuff that they they can't help you. Jimmy Johnson in 2024 cannot help you make decisions on your coach or your players. Damn it. it What are we doing? But it sounds good, right? Like these are this. This is the hopium package, right? This is what people, this is what Jerry sells to people in the offseason because no one's going to ever debate was Jimmy Johnson, you know, Jimmy Johnson was a hell of a coach 25 years ago. Like, right, no one's going to deny that. 30. <laughs> 30 years ago, right? And so, but it sounds good. Like when you hear it, you go, Okay, okay. Like most people will say, okay, Jerry, you bring it on Jimmy Johnson because everyone wants to relive that era. Everyone wants to rebuild that era. And so it's like, get the pieces from that era. Get Zimmer from that era. Get Jimmy from that era. Hell, bring in Troy. Bring in Michael to coach the receivers. Why not have him come through and be your run game coordinator? Because everybody wants that to be the era again, and it, we're so far removed from that era, and these guys are so far removed from that era that football is light years different than it was 30 years ago when they were roaming the earth, dominating the game of football in a 100 by 53 and a half yard field. But it sounds amazing. It, it gives people the hope. And this is the thing that Jerry is so wonderfully great at. He packages that hope up and he serves it to you any way you like it. I keep telling y'all, Jerry give it to you in the in the liquid form, powder form, pill form, whatever way you want that hopium, he serves it up to you. So now we got good old Jimmy Johnson is back on the advisory board. What the hell is he advising? Don't know. I, I don't know. What is he advising? It's what, just what? Jerry just Jerry loves to call people and say stuff and then be like, what do you think? And then they tell him and then he goes on with his day. Uh, probably nothing. Probably nothing. Maybe Jerry just likes having an old friend again. He's just and like, that's no, fine. Listen, that's, the boat. that's fine. Rally the troops. Have good people around you. And you guys can talk about fishing and talk about a lot of different things. Caskets. But, whoa. That's whoa. I mean, the average American lifespan, hold on. I'm just That's saying, like, I'm not saying that any of them going to die real soon, but, like, that could be a topic of conversation. It could be. It could be. Life expectancy in the United States is 77. Jimmy's 80. Jerry's 81 or whatever. I'm just saying. That's all. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, Jerry does it again. He's selling He's selling that hopium, boy. And, and, and people, no, nah, I shouldn't say everybody. There are some people who are smart to know, like, Aha, like, you know, like, aha, where's the spoon? Ah, where's the spoon, right? You give me the soup, where's the spoon? You know what I'm saying? Like, can't have soup without no spoon. I love spoons. Can I ask you a spoon question? Yeah. Do you own an ice cream scooper? I do. Like a plastic, kind of rounded? Oh, you got one of the, oh my God, you, I forgot you're a former pro athlete. You got, you have click, click. Ice yeah. spoon money. That's good. Yeah. So when you scoop it, it stays, it comes right out. What you should do, ice cream people, is two things to do to do. You don't have to rip the box that your ice cream comes in. Rule number one is you can take the entire tub, put it in the microwave, 
30 seconds, softens it up. Or you can take your scooper or your spoon, put it in hot water so that when you put it into the ice cream, it's a much more smooth or what to call it. But get you one of those bucket, bucket, perfect situation. Okay. I'll look that up on Amazon as soon as we're done here. Um, Cause I don't have one. Like back in the day, my parents had, it was just a plastic, but it was hard ass plastic. Mm-hmm. The bottom of it was very it was like, round and you could get through there. I have just regular spoons and you can't, get ice cream with those but do you have like the do you have the serving like that and then your spoon goes do you not have the serving spoon which is a little more tighter at the neck like thicker at the neck you don't have the big serving spoon no so i had to be very patient with my ice cream and i ain't putting ice cream in the microwave because that just seems wild ass by the way uh leave in the comments a timestamp of where we are right this second if you still made it this far i do have one more cowboy topic tyron smith according to calvin watkins in the morning news Tyron Smith would like to play another season with the Cowboys. And as I read through the very beginning of his article, there also, it sounded like um, the Cowboys are the ones who are not totally committed to that idea at this moment. And so don't know how it's going to play out. And I just want to put out there, if you want to win the Super Bowl, I know a lot of people are going to hate this and you're scared. Tyron Smith gives you a better chance than whatever else you're going to do. Tyron Smith should be on a one-year, $10 million deal. And if you want to build your team as if he doesn't exist or whatever, and you want to try to, that's fine because you do need help on the offensive line. But if you think you're going to get better left tackle play than Tyron Smith with someone that's not named Tyron Smith, I'm telling you, you're not. That's all. And this might be the time. Like They still have the Tyler Smith thing will always be a discussion. This could be the we're not going to resign you. We are going to move Tyler. He's going to be our left tackle of the future. That's never I happened. don't want that. I think Tyler Smith is a stud at guard. He's a guard. You could bring Tyron back, and you know what you can do? Use your first-round pick on another tackle. And the games that he misses, you've got the dude. And that dude's ready for a year from now to be the dude, the dude. Uh, I think the Cowboys have to add a starting offensive lineman. But Tyron wants to be here and wants to play again. You let him. You let him. Make it one year, $5 million. And then you get a $400,000 bonus for every game you play. And so maybe you get 15 million bucks. Maybe you get five if you're hurt all year. If he wants to be here, I want him here because I like to get the best players. I want to fight you with this. I do. Like, I want to. The seventh offensive tackle taken in the draft is not going to perform better than Tyron Smith. You don't know that. Oh, I know it. I know it. You don't know that. I, he might be better a year from now. He ain't better tomorrow. My, my thing is, it, here's why I want to fight you on this. I, I want to fight you on it because I think two things can be true. Is this. I do think Tyron is still a good player. <laughs> I do think that. <laughs> but I cannot. I cannot keep forging my future with Tyron knowing that he's going to miss five to six games or 12 every single year. And every time we do this, we set ourselves up and there are games that we lost this year because there was no Tyrus Swift on there that could have helped us out in the end. Maybe, maybe not because the Cowboys still had the number two seed and didn't do anything in the wild card round anyway. But I just, I just, I want to go, I want to go put real value in getting a left tackle and say, Tyron, if you want to be a part of this team, you will you will be a backup swing tackle. 
and we will incentivize that every time division games when i know you're better than the guy that i'm telling you you're backing up you'll play the division games and when we get to the playoffs you'll play too that's fine that's fine but I, we can incentivize that every game that you actually start will pay you differently but prepare yourself to be a backup to this guy we're going to put high draft capital in and coach him up be our O-line coach slash left tackle when we decide you're allowed to play. We're trying yeah. to, oh, look, we're not going to fight. We're not going to fight too bad. We're not okay. going to fight too bad. I think I just I think that he's still really good. And, yes, he's a dude that's going to be a unique thing because on the open market, he's worth more than you would have to pay him. He wants to keep doing the Dallas Cowboy thing, and so you could probably get him at a nice little discount on a one-year deal. If he wanted every dime he could get, Tyron could go get a three- or four-year deal at $15 million or more from a team. He could get it. They'd be scared. Boy, but, no, nobody has gotten worked over. I shouldn't say nobody. Shit. He he didn't get worked over. He Tyron got tore up in that contract. He he willingly, but he willingly he willingly went into that deal and got and got worked in that deal for his level of talent and. Well, his agent would have hated his agent hated him. I'm sure. I just know oh. that Tyron went into a room with Jerry and made that mistake. Like Des oh, was oh. Des is on record now being like, I can't sit here and negotiate a contract with you. I'm not good at that stuff. Tyron negotiated with Jerry and screwed up and then went back to his agent and said, Hey, we worked it out. I want to sign this. And his agent's like, that's a terrible deal. And Tyron was like, I want to sign. It's like, okay, 10 year deal. That's barely above market. You do realize in three years, you're going to be underpaid in five. You're going to be severely underpaid in eight. You're going to look like a dummy. Uh, but Hey, you know, we also want our team to do well. So when players get screwed, you should as a fan probably be like, yay, we're doing good with our salary cap. Tyron got screwed and the money didn't do anything else to help your odds of winning anything. Like that's, that's the sad, like at the end of it all, like you, you took Tyron in the back room and you no Vaseline them and <laughs> you got him, you got him to do this contract and you didn't, the benefits didn't come from it. Like you didn't go up and be like, man, boy, we hope like, you know, Tyron can't look back and be like, man, I got hosed, but boy, I got two rings out of this thing. I got a ring out of this thing. Like literally all you can say, man, I, I, I got two division championships. I don't know. Hell like, yeah. I got Hell yeah. <laughs> That's why players don't, you shouldn't take discounts. You do your part. You help keep resetting the market. You help everybody else make more money. Cause you don't know if you're going to win and taking your little discount is the, like, whatever, dude. The greatest thing takes ever said when they asked him about his contract and they said, well, what about the, you know, the Jerry, the Steven and I, uh, that's their problem to figure out. Ain't my job. Not my job. To stop my, my job is to play and to maximize my earning yeah. window. That's they can the handle the rest. All right. Kick ass, everybody. We love you. Please hit the thumbs up. Hit the like button. I think it's good for the algorithm. Leave a comment with your favorite ice cream. That's probably good for the algorithm. If you're from Durham, you know what this means. If you're from Durham, North Carolina. I don't know. I don't know what that means at all. That's bull City. They just go Bull City in Durham. Okay. I go like this, and it means thumbs up, everybody. Uh, remember, you have no idea what anyone's going through, so be cool to everyone. We love you. Be easy. Eliminate the contingency. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.